thoughts define me. Your thoughts, your thoughts define me. You're inside of me, God. You're inside. says for us to call him daddy Abba's the only word that you can say whether you're exhaling or whether you're inhaling you know whether you're powerful or whether you're in distress and that's why we cry out Abba father Abba father you are And I want to fit them in your shoes Daddy, can I put my foot in your shoes? Daddy, can I lay on your lap? Because you know why You know why I'm crying Before I shed a tear Before I shed a tear Daddy, I just want to say I love you Daddy, I just want to say thank you For never leaving Never leaving, never leaving Never leaving, never leaving Never leaving, never leaving me. Even when I wanted to leave myself, never leaving me. Never leaving, never leaving me. Never leaving, never leaving me. Oh, that's why I love you. That's why I love you. That's why I love you. And you walk with me. Father, listen to our earnest prayer. Jesus prayed it years ago. That the glory you had given him, we would somehow come to know. So make us one accord. heaven it will be fill us with the truth and righteousness you desire the world to see
It's one of the great American success stories. A builder who left his mark on skylines around the world. A businessman with an extraordinary ability to communicate directly with the American people. A leader who grew tired of politicians, leading our country down a road to ruin. He didn't do it for money or power or fame. He had all that. He did it because of his love for our great country. And we will make America great again. Donald J. Trump beat the odds, smashed the establishment, and won the presidency for the American people. Donald Trump has defeated Hillary Clinton to become president-elect. Hillary Clinton has called Donald Trump to concede the race. It has been a stunning night. It has been a historic night. Washington, D.C., the establishment is terrified, and they should be. They were all, all of them wrong, making this one of the greatest upsets in American political history. Immediately upon taking office, President Trump changed things. But change threatened the establishment, and the establishment fought back. Democrat obstruction, phony investigations, the dishonest media, an incredible 92% of stories are negative. No president has seen anything like it. Despite everything they threw at him, President Trump delivered for the American people, and he delivered like never before. Building the strongest economy in American history, seven million new jobs, the lowest ever unemployment for black and Hispanic Americans, ending the Biden era of lopsided trade deals that sent our factories overseas, passing the historic USMCA, taking on China, winning the trade war, protecting and strengthening Medicare and Social Security, lowering the cost of insulin, delivering the first real drop in drug prices in 50 years, restoring our military, fixing the VA, bringing our troops home, and taking the world's deadliest terrorists off the battlefield. Soleimani, al-Baghdadi, ISIS, brought to justice. Moving America's embassy to Jerusalem, a new era of strength and solidarity with our ally Israel. Negotiating a historic peace deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates. Securing our border. Miles of new border wall being built. Illegal immigration dropped to the lowest point in a decade. Tackling the coronavirus head on. Banning travel from China. Mobilizing government, business, and the American people to manufacture masks, ventilators, and medical supplies. And launching Operation Warp Speed an unprecedented effort to develop a vaccine to eradicate the coronavirus from the face of the earth in record time. President Trump has accomplished more for the American people in four years than any other president in history. And in his second term, he will lead America to even greater heights, draining the swamp, rebuilding the economy, bringing back millions of jobs, creating 10 million new jobs in 10 months, new opportunities for all Americans, not just those at the top, lowering drug costs, expanding access to high-quality health care for every American family, defending America's police, restoring law and order to our cities, stopping illegal immigration and protecting American families, and ending America's reliance on China once and for all bringing back jobs and factories, making medicine and products in America again. President Trump will rebuild America's infrastructure, renew hope and our entrepreneurial spirit for a new generation, and restore the American dream. It won't be easy, 
never pretty. The swamp will continue to fight him every step of the way. But under President Trump, our families will thrive. Our incomes will rise. Our communities will be kept safe. Our factories will flourish. Our flag will fly high. Our country will soar. And we will make America great again. Hey, welcome to Surrender All of Jesus show. Man, guys, how about that for a promo to start the show? Guys, I'm telling you, we are 12 days away from the election. 12 days. Guys, we're going to be talking, hey, today is law, Support Our Law Enforcement Thursday. Guys, you know that I've been talking and praying for our, our cops every show we have. We've been praying. We've been declaring that there's warrior angels that are around them and, um, and around their families. And, and you know, we talked about this all the time, that the police and the fire are the, the men and women that are on the front lines of going to scenes that the devil's trying to destroy people and property. And it's across the world, especially in the United States with our law enforcement. And guys, hone it down right here in the city of Milwaukee. Guys, I am honored to have, um, and I hope I get his last name right. It's uh, Chaplain George Papa Cristo, And I think I got his name right. I, I'll find out in just a second. But so... We're going to be talking to him. He's a chaplain for the Milwaukee Police Department, and I got some really good videos, and we're going to be talking about things that he's doing to help support the Milwaukee Police emotionally, spiritually, um, and just being there for him, guys. I'm telling you, um, these, this is crazy, the stuff that's going on right now within law enforcement and how, how the devil has turned things to like go against law enforcement when we should be supporting them. And like I said, they're on the front line. They're the ones that are going to the scenes where the devil's either, you know, destroying people or property. So that's what we're going to be talking about today, guys. Man, awesome show. Please share this right now. Make your comment section. Let me know where you're watching from. And um, if you don't know what Surrender All of Jesus, the ministry in the show is all about, check out this quick video. And every one of us, if we look back in our lives, we can see how God was training us to do the things that He really wants us to do. The question is, is are we listening to the Holy Spirit? That time is now. There's no more excuses for each one of us. We need to step in that cause because each one of us, that cause is directly linked to people that are lost in the city, the state, and the world. So we need to step in that cause and do that so that we can reach those people. Let me ask you a question. Do you want joy in your life? You know what, if you want joy in your life, what you need to do is surrender all. And that's exactly what this whole website, the, the radio ministry is all about, is surrendering those things to God that He wants you to do so you can step in that awesome destiny that He has for your life. You know what, there's a lot of really cool things that are going on in the city of Milwaukee. God does have a strategic plan to change the things that are going on. We've been laying a foundation, a revival has started, and you know what, He needs you. God needs you to do those awesome things that He preordained just for you to 
reach the people of the city of Milwaukee, the state of Wisconsin, and the world. Surrender All Ministries is all about partnering with as many people as we can. You know, we got Clark Square Initiative that we're partnering with. We got Salvation Army. We have Rescue Mission. We have all these different ministries that are doing things in the city of Milwaukee. There's a reconciliation that has been going on between churches, all different denominations, and we're working together as one in Christ. You're almost out of time, you better give up. Gotta stop running, it's the end of the line. It's time to surrender. All right, right now, guys, in the comments section, type where you're watching from. Uh, let's see here. We got Deborah. She's watching from Florida. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for watching, Deborah. Deborah's going to be on the show soon, too. I can't remember the date, Deborah, but I, I know it's coming up. I know it's coming up really soon. And then. Um, yes, thank you for watching, Miss Burgos. And she's uh she's in Puerto Rico, guys. So uh Laney, Laney's watching, I believe, out in Richfield area, but she said Wisconsin, so thanks for watching, Laney. All right, guys. God, you gotta share this right now and and later on go to my YouTube page. Don't do it now. All the links are in the comment section, but you just go to go to the Surrender All the Jesus uh YouTube page, hit that subscribe button. And I need to get more people on there, guys, so I can get that URL, right? And then hit that bell, and then that'll give you the notifications when I do uh, upload new videos and or go live. So, yes. All right, guys. Uh, we didn't pray, but I'm going to do that real quick. And um, I also want to uh, just quickly go over that, that verse from last week, guys. Remember what we're talking about? The things that are happening right now. We need to really concentrate, not on the things that we're seeing, but what's in the supernatural. Remember, we talked about that. And this is Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. This is the Passion Translation, and it's spiritual warfare, guys. And if you haven't looked at the Passion Translation, I really suggest you do. It's an awesome, awesome translation. It says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Guys, that's getting filled up with Holy Spirit all the time. Should be your, your morning thing and getting filled up so that you can ooze him out when you go out there. Stand victorious with the force, that's Holy Spirit, and an explosive power flowing in and through you. So it's flowing in and then out you, right? That's what happens when we get filled with Holy Spirit, right? Put on God's uh, complete set of armor, provided us so that you will protect, so that he will protect you as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand -hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. That's what's going on right now, guys. For they are powerful class of demon gods and even spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. And remember, the last two shows, we talked about like the BLM organization, how they're doing witchcraft and, and some of the things that they're doing out on the street, like say the name, say the name. Those are all rituals where they're actually, you know, conjuring up those spirits guys I, watch the show go go on the youtube page i it, we actually have video of the founders talking about why they're doing what they're doing even the hashtag guys even the hashtag so with spiritual warfare guys and it's going on right now it's going on right now gosh even looking at just the political stuff that's going on it's a huge spiritual warfare going on so all right Let's pray for our police officers real quick. Father, we just thank you for those warrior angels that are around our law enforcement officers and their families, Father. Father, I just declare peace right now across this world, supernatural peace. I declare fire just right now, just fall on, on the world, Father. Just send it down 
Burn away those things that need to be burned away. Open up the eyes and the hearts of the people that need those things open. I just take away all the veils right now in Jesus' name. They're just gone right now in Jesus' name. That people are going to have discernment and they're going to be able to hear and see what you want them to hear and see, Father. I just declare that right now, that pastors are seeing this, that people that are in the inner city are seeing this, our leaders are seeing and hearing things that you want them to hear. Open their eyes, Father. Open their eyes. Open their eyes. We declare that the, that the violence in our city is gone right now in Jesus' name. We declare that this, this uh, division, the spirit of division is gone right now in Jesus' name. We just declare unity, Father, unity and peace and just supernatural love, supernatural love. Man, Father, in Jesus, Jesus' name. All right, guys. All right, so Chaplain George Papa Cristo checked out this quick video, and you kind of get a feel for his heart and what he's doing with the Milwaukee Police Department. TMJ4 News started the Rebound Milwaukee in part to help our community manage the pressures of this pandemic. Milwaukee police officers had to press on with their day-to-day -day duties despite the risk of catching COVID-19. And the department's chaplain says recent protests and also the violence that we saw earlier this summer only piled more stress onto MPD. While most of Milwaukee sheltered in place this spring, the city's police officers remained out on patrol. It was a very proud moment for our officers to watch them work the way they did. Milwaukee Police Chaplain George Papachristou says the pandemic put police under added stress. He thinks this summer's protests and in some instances violence following the death of George Floyd in police custody in Minneapolis have only added to the pressure. As our guys were working 18, 20 hour days, sometimes 13, 14 days in a row without a break, you can imagine the emotional and physical toll that it took upon them. Papa Christou says clashes with demonstrators and civil unrest have left Milwaukee officers low on morale. It's very difficult for our officers, Pete, to uh, process uh, why they're being yelled at, why they're being called names, uh, sometimes very violent names, very derogatory names. Uh, while they're protecting those people. He says the department does have resources available to help officers cope with stress. And he adds support from the public always helps. Are there some outliers here and there that cause problems, just like any other profession? Without a doubt, no one's denying that. Um, but right now there's a, a blanket being cast over the entire profession uh, and people are being lumped together. And that just doesn't seem fair to our officers. So here's your rebound rundown. The pandemic plus recent protests and unrest have all contributed to a stressful summer at MPD. But an in-house psychologist is available to help officers manage the pressure. The department also offers peer support and faith support through its chaplain. The Common Council recently voted to look at the possibility of taking 10% of the police budget and steering it into other city resources like affordable housing, public health, and the Office of Violence Prevention. MPD's administration has been critical of that idea I asked Papa Christou about it. He said he thinks MPD could use that money on training programs to promote positive relationships with the community. Amen. Hey, all right. So that is George. Uh, did I get your name, your, your last name right? Yes, you did, Rich. I did. So you know what? You got an awesome, like, Papa Christou. I mean, that's a pretty cool, like, last name, man. <laughs> it's just very cool. So uh, George yeah. is uh, the chaplain. Um, for the Milwaukee Police Department. He's also, you're a retired Milwaukee cop, right? That's correct. Yep. And how, how long were you, how, how long did you serve on the, 
on, on, on MPD? Oh, gosh, I put in, uh, I want to say it was 20 years, 15, 20 years, and then okay. I got out and I got a job in the private sector. Yeah. So he's got some background, um, kind of like me. In fact, I met George probably 2014-ish. And at that time, you were uh, a chaplain with uh, the Big Ben Police Department, right? That was my first agency that I uh, was a chaplain for. That's correct. Yeah. So you've had it on your heart for a long time um, to really kind of minister to to the law enforcement um, community. Um, so a lot of my watchers and listeners, if they're listening to the podcast, um, they don't know who you are. So why don't you give a quick little like synopsis of you know your your testimony, um, and then kind of where you got led to go to Big Bend, and how did that all start? Sure. Uh, born and raised in Milwaukee. Um, I always, uh, and I, I would look, always looked up to the Milwaukee police officers. I lived in the area of 47th and Belit, which is right where the old district three station was. Yeah. And, um, across the street was Washington park. And I always saw, uh, the zoo that was there also. And I see Milwaukee police officers striding through there and it made an impression on me. Um, went to college at uh, market university and I studied, uh, criminal justice, and I also study theology. So when I finished my studies, I had to decide, do I want to pray for people or do I want to arrest people? So <laughs> the decision was real simple as any 21-year-old that was the first job that came across my plate. And I actually started police work in um, uh, Menominee Falls Police Department. Uh, while I was an officer in Menominee Falls, it was a pretty quiet rural town. And I'm listening to the border of Milwaukee, uh, man with a gun call, foot pursuit, squad chases, all these different exciting calls. And I'm kind of like going after Farmer Jones's cattle that kind of got loose and things like that. Uh, so I made the jump and became a Milwaukee police officer. Um, uh, eventually, I got a job uh, in the private sector doing um, uh, private security, director of security for a corporation. Uh, and along the way, I became a, a football coach, actually. And Part of that was being involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And yeah. as I'm doing the Fellowship of Christian Athletes program, I became more and more involved at Elmbrook Church, men's Bible studies, uh, started attending Bible studies. Uh, next thing you know, I'm tagged to be leading those Bible studies. And somewhere along the line, somebody came up to me and said, you know what, have you thought about becoming a law enforcement chaplain with your background? Furthest thing from my mind, Rich. And um, one thing led to another. And uh, got involved with Salvation Army's program, uh, which was uh, designed to rally the resources, the faith support groups in, in the various districts to support the officers. Uh, so it was not really law enforcement chaplaincy, so to speak. It was more uh, gathering faith support units to support the district. Eventually, um, and you know, it's funny, someone once said that God likes to work uh, anonymously. It's called coincidence. Um, the district that I was assigned to do this at was District 2, and the yeah. captain at that time at District 2 happened to be none other than Alfonso Morales. Yeah. So go figure. Uh, I'm also coaching football, and I have a player on my team who was the son of Alfonso Morales. So there was a connection made there that I had no idea would come into play later on. Yeah. Um, but that's how, God, uh, that's, that's how God does go it, though, right? I mean, it is. You know, I mean, it's, um, yeah, go, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I'm sorry. So uh, eventually, uh, Captain, Captain Morales at the time got assigned someplace else. And uh, 
Captain Heather Wirth came in and we began talking about trying a pilot program of officer care, you know, real police chaplaincy for our officers and Salvation Army. I approached them about it and they said, yeah, let's try that. And uh, now it morphed into complete officer care for our officers only. And, and that's what I do along with two gentlemen who are helping me as well, also retired officers. Very cool. And some of you don't, might or might not know uh, the chaplaincy program that, that he's referring to. Um, I, I basically got a download from God, wrote it, and I gave it to Salvation Army. And that, that program is still running. Um, but it, it's it, the vision that I had at one point was to like minister to the officers. But guys, I'm telling you, and if, if any of you got officers in your family, um, it takes certain individuals uh, to be able to kind of get into that group. I, mean, I don't know, George, you can probably ag agree with that. I mean, it's, you know, it it's almost like um, not that, that they're like standoffish because I don't think law enforcement is at all. But, you know, even if you look at some of the stuff that's happening right now, I mean, they don't know who they can trust, guys. I mean, and there's zero support out there right now. I mean, there is for with us supporting them, but there's a huge backlash of, of, of things that are happening. So, um, so the chaplaincy program now with the Salvation Army deals more with uh, victims of crimes and um, and those kind of things, and they do some proactive stuff. Um, it's been a while since since I've been involved in it, but so yeah. And George, I did not know that. Um, that, that whole connection with, with Morales. I knew that you went to district two, but I didn't know that connection. So, yes. so with, do, do you like, tell me like your normal work day with what's going on with, <laughs> with the law enforcement? I wish I could say there was a normal work day, but I'll get, get to as close to that as I can. Um, the department has given me great leeway uh, to set my own hours and do whatever I feel is necessary to support our officers. Cool. Um, first and foremost, I am on call 24 seven. Uh, if any of our officers is involved in a critical incident as defined by the department, uh, what does that mean? Typically it's a use of force by an officer. Uh, it's a use of their firearm. Uh, God forbid it's a use of deadly force. Um, any type of injury to our officer, uh, I will be called out to be with that officer. Right. Uh, that is probably the greatest stride we have made for officer care. Yeah. Uh, Rich, you probably know this in years past, if an officer was involved in any kind of a serious incident, uh, especially using his weapon, uh, they were pretty much isolated immediately, uh, kind of like put into a cocoon. Yeah. You sit in the squad car, you're not going to talk to anybody, yeah. uh, and you're just going to have to sit here for hours until we are done investigating what's going on. Right. Well, thankfully, with the push for officer wellness and, and the Milwaukee Police Administration uh, over the last couple of years now, uh, had, you know, we've got to do better than that. So uh, I am now allowed to be with that officer immediately upon getting to the scene. And what that allows us to do is, is to get in their head to let them rebound quicker uh, yeah. and then be able to uh, follow up with our support services, peer support, and also most importantly, our mental health professionals who are on board now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there, there's some people who believe that um, officers get up and they put their uniform on and they're thinking about shooting people. And that's far mm. from the truth, guys. I can tell you 28 years in law enforcement, I not once got up wanting to go to work and have to shoot somebody. I Not once. And I'm sure you're probably in the same boat. And I bet you everyone that gets on, it gets up to put on that uniform and they go to work. That's the last thing that they want to happen. Do they get in situations that those things happen? Yeah. 
but and it's traumatic i mean i it's very traumatic to go through those kind of things um you know even more so now i mean it, what is like how are the officers feeling i mean you probably got a pretty good judge of you know mm-hmm. some of the morale and things that are happening what what can you tell us about that you know it's been very difficult for for officers to process everything that's happened and like for everybody in the world today 2020 has been yeah. unbelievably upsetting uh, yeah. but if you look at uh in march uh when covid really hit the the news all we heard was heroes work here um first responders the fire folks yeah. the the yeah. medical profession and law enforcement you know it was just Every kind of discount in the world was available to our officers, along with other first responders yeah. and healthcare professionals. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, we had the incident in Minneapolis. Suddenly, yeah. we became bottom feeders in the law enforcement profession, and we've been kicked down there ever since. Yeah. So you can imagine what that does to one's psyche. Um, yeah. You put together all those protests and, and what they went through with that, yeah. um, it, it's made people very unsure of where their support services are or in the public anyway. Yeah. Um, it's been tough. It's been very, very tough, but they rebounded. You know, they continue to carry on mission first. And, yeah. and that's what makes me so proud to be alongside of them is yeah. they're never going to turn their back to a good citizens that are calling for the help. You know? yes. uh, are they tentative in some other areas? Well, I think that's across the nation right now. It's been happening for quite a few years. It's been called the Ferguson effect yeah. where officers are a little bit more, cautious, yeah. uh, a little bit more tentative yeah. uh, to do some of the proactive work that really gets crime levels down. Yeah, no, I, I would totally agree. Yeah. And guys, you know how I am. My, my thought process is that there is not a systematic racism thing that's going on within law enforcement. Are there certain mm-hmm. individuals that may be racist within individual police departments? Probably, uh, probably. But I don't think there's a systematic racism um, and, and, and it's just, it's crazy to, to even think that. I mean, I, I think we've come so far that if you look back, there may have been maybe 50s, 60s, but we've come a long way. Law enforcement went from, you know, no like education and things like that, where it's a profession now. I mean, and I think people are losing that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, there is no systematic racism. And I, I, I mean, I've been through some rides. I, I was a, I was a cop in Washington D.C., and I remember a couple different riots. I mean, one when I just got out of the academy, and we didn't have that gear that everyone is wearing right now. I mean, I had my I had my hickory nightstick, and that was about it, right? I mean, that was literally it. And uh, standing in line, you know, and a thousand people are running at you, throwing bottles and all that kind of stuff. But the difference of that is. They were throwing things and doing things like that, but they weren't like standing in front of me yelling and screaming and telling them that they're going to kill me and my my kids and what's your name because we're going to find out where you live. George, that that's hard stuff, man. I mean, that's that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, that's hitting that's hitting home very hard for our officers and yeah. Uh, what their families are having to hear, even at church, where they're going to church and hearing some little chatter about how big and bad and mean the police officers are. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, many officers told me, you know, I signed up for this, but my family didn't sign up for no. this. Yeah. Uh, you know, people being told, you know, maybe you don't want to come by and pick up Johnny or, or Susie from practice 
uh, with everything that's going on right now. Maybe your wife can come. I mean, what terrible things to be telling people, you know? And and there was a time when um, parents' uh, work day at school. Yeah. Boy, you know, if I could bring uh, come into school with a uniform on and my daddy, the police officer. Now they don't want to do that, unfortunately. Yes, I I, I know it's it's upside down backwards. It's upside down backwards. Yeah, exactly. But, but yes. George, you you I mean, you heard me at the beginning when I talked about this is a spiritual battle. I mean, the Bible said that these days would come when things that were so not right now people are calling right. And, and what's wrong is no longer wrong. It's flipped upside down. And there, the devil has a systematic scheme of what he's trying to do. And I'm telling you, law enforcement is the key part that he's trying to destroy and trying to knock out. Because if he can knock out our men and women that are on the front line, that's it, guys. There's, there's, no, there's no control. There's no control. And we're seeing that right now in some of our cities. Portland, Chicago. I mean... Officers are afraid to react, to do things that they should be doing, but they're afraid and they're hesitating. And the, the criminals know it, guys. They totally know it. And they're they're running rampage. I mean, it, and it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. So, yeah. No, you're right. Uh, you know, I, 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 during the protests and the demonstrations and let's call it what that was, the, the, the riots that were occurring, you know, our officers were, as you saw in that video, they were running pretty ragged. And... Um, you know, it was easy to have short tempers, not just with the citizens, but yeah. um, with each other oh. uh, when you're together that much through all that. And I and I cautioned him, you know, God was so wonderful. He allowed me to have chapel sessions with the officers during these deployments. And um, they asked, the officers asked for it, which was yeah. really cool. And yeah. um, one of the messages I gave them was, you know, no matter what faith we have, because we have officers of many different faiths and officers with no faith. Yeah. I said, but I think one thing we all agree on is the vision of a devil. And we think oftentimes that he's got a pitchfork and fire and all these things. And I told them all, I said, be cautious. I said, his weapons are not these. He said, yeah. his two biggest weapons are discouragement and um, division. Yep. And if we look through the country, boy, oh boy, is he using those uh, in a big, big way. Yeah. I said, so we can't let that happen uh, amongst our ranks, especially. Uh, yeah. And I think that's a message for the church as well. I agree. No, I, I totally agree. Um, George, I just want to pull something on here. This is from uh, Joey. Oh, I'm going to get his name wrong. Hans. He said, thanks for having yes. George on. Yeah, he says, watching from Nevada, retired Milwaukee cop. Um, it's honored to work with you, with, with George. Good man. Awesome. Thanks for uh, watching. Very George. nice. Thank you, Joe. Yep. Very, very cool. Yeah, I think, and, and this is uh, Melissa, this is what she said too. She says, I can't imagine a more stressful job in the day and age. Um, and just thanking officers for what they do. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. Yeah, it's, um, so let's watch something. I, uh, I'm i going to show a Biden clip and then we're going to go into um, uh, some of the riot stuff. And I do got some video of the uh, Milwaukee police um, with some of the riots that happened, I, th I, I can't remember the street. Was that Holt Street? Was that Holt? I can't remember the street. Uh, it was where well, they there was a, the house. MLK? Yeah. Uh, oh, Lloyd Street. I'm yeah, sorry, Lloyd, Lloyd Street where there was a house fire, if you're yeah. referring to that. Yes. So yes. let's watch this first tape, um, uh, th this first clip. And this is Biden. And guys, what I want, why I want you to watch this, and, and I'm going to tell you in a second, what I want you to think about is really, is this something that... We really want law enforcement to do, and I'll tell you right now, they're not going to be able to do it. So 
on it's just it's ludicrous but watch this right here we can do this you can ban chokeholds you can but but beyond that you have to teach people how to de-escalate circumstances de-escalate so instead of anybody coming at you and the first thing you do is shoot to kill you shoot them in the leg there's ways you have to do more guys never gonna happen crazy i don't crazy background checks in terms of whether or not the person coming in Pass a certain psychological test. And the last thing I'll say, and I'm sorry because it was really, I think, really, really important, is you have to be in a position where you are able to identify, identify the things that have to change. And one of the things that has to change is so many cops get called into circumstances where somebody is mentally off, like what happened not long ago with that guy with the knife. That's why we have to provide, within police departments, psychologists and social workers to go out with the cops on those calls, those, some of those 911 calls, to de-escalate the circumstance, to deal with talking them down. Now, <laughs> there's so much into that. So, go ahead, George, <laughs> if you want to. I mean, well, come on, man. You know, not, not to take the Biden's like, slang. <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to be political at all. I, uh, I know. My role, I can't. But I, I will say what what is disturbing is, and what bothers most officers is that suggestions uh, are made of how to do police work by people that really don't know the job, and and when those agencies are now governed by people that don't understand yeah. police work yeah. on the ground level, uh, it becomes very difficult. Yeah. Uh, and what they're going to do is place officers in in much more harm's way. Yeah. Uh, and again. We're fortunate in the Milwaukee Police Department, we have a CART team where yep. we have specialized officers yes. who go around with people trained in mental health to respond to these calls. We're already there in the city yeah. of Milwaukee. I mean, even District 7, I remember when I was working with, with them, they were they were starting a program where they had social workers that were going to calls of seeing yes. kids. And I, don't, I think it might still be happening. So there is mm-hmm. stuff like that right now happening. But you go to a 911 call, and the guy has a knife, like Biden was kind of saying. I mean, you don't want the psychiatrist right next to you during that because that person's going to no. get hurt. <laughs> I mean, it's right. you just can't have that. I mean, it's just so, guys, what I wanted to show you is that that so for 47 years, he's been in office and he has zero understanding of what really happens in law enforcement. And you would think that they would like maybe one citizen of police academy he could have went through over those 47 years. So this is what I'm telling you guys. If you're watching right now and you want to know why officers do things, you got to get involved with your local district or your local police department. Go in there and say hi. I mean, officers are human just like you and I, and you need to get to know them. And then look at what programs they have to offer so you can get actively engaged in what they're doing. That's how to do it. Citizen police academies are the best thing. I mean, we had it in Brown Deer. I know Milwaukee had it. Not going on right now because of COVID. But guys, that's where you're really going to learn why the officers are doing the things they're doing. Um, George, you want to piggyback on that? Yeah. No no question about it. Uh, we have uh, sent many people through there before COVID struck, obviously. Yeah. Uh, including some of our um, our government uh, officials, elected yep. officials, yep. and they walk away with a whole different perspective, and they have a different understanding of what the job is all about, yep. and what an officer sees. Uh, yep. it's, it's very eye-opening for them. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's a good thing to get to know what an officer goes through. And, you know, I think the other thing that contributes to these false uh, conceptions of the, or these misconceptions of police work is, of course, the movies and TV, where you see a guy uh, rolling around on the ground. He can do three somersaults yeah. and get off a shot and shoot a gun out of a guy's hand. And yeah. that's just not reality. You know, it's, but those are the misconceptions that people see because people just don't know any different. They don't know any better. And they see, well, you know, maybe I can be like Tom Cruise on Mission Impossible, you know, and uh, those type of scenarios. But yeah. uh, even the everyday police shows that are out there, most of them exaggerate what police work is all about yeah. and underestimate yeah. uh, maybe under play what it really is as well. Yep. Yeah. And I, I agree with some of what Biden said about the DX, the DX. Of course. Say it. Yeah. You know what I mean? To de-escalate. Yeah. De-escalation. Right? It, it's really is very important. And, and officers oh. are trained in that, you yeah. know, again, not, not knowing what is reality right now, our officers go through extensive de-escalation training. Yes. Uh, the, the use of force rules that they are bound to, Yep. extremely stringent and they yep. have to articulate exactly why they do what they do. Yes. Uh, and this conception that uh, I'll say the misconception that officers are just going out there rogue. Uh, not true at all. Not true at all. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I totally agree. So let's watch this next clip and this is going to be some of the riot stuff that happened in, um, in Kenosha and guys, if you've watched the shows before and talking about like the whole like spiritual realm thing of, of what's going on, I want you to watch this, how it just is chaos. I mean, it is total chaos. And these officers are there front line. And you're going to see one officer gets a brick thrown at him and he just face plants it. He got hit right in the head. Guys, this is not how things should be going. And and we need to crack down on it to make sure that it's stopped. So let's let's take a look at this. And on the back of your mind too, I want you to think about if you were that officer standing there listening to the things that that the people were saying. You know, how would you feel? Literally, how would you feel? So let's watch this real quick. Um, right here. caught on fire. I'm sorry, sir. I'm very sorry about that, man. Dude, I'm gonna help this guy. I don't give a f if I get beat up. Hey, hey, hey! No, no!
this whole lot is gonna go up. It's gonna go car to car to car to car. You can already hear them in the distance exploding. I mean, this is full on madness. You guys are catching the magnitude of this right now. This poor man got his house, his business caught on. This led one of the leaders to run, and then you beat a civilian. Makes perfect sense to me. And this is what happens in cities when you allow all of this crap to happen. When all of this crap is allowed to run roughshod. Where the mob rules, again, chaos follows. And that is what you're seeing. And you're seeing it spread into the suburbs. This is not relegated to high crime areas anymore. You're starting to see people being harassed in public places. Remember that time? When it was just about, if you're a Trump official, we're going to yell at you at a restaurant? Well, no longer. Now, we're just going to yell at you no matter where you are. There was a, a, an unbelievable tape yesterday of a crew of people harassing a woman at a Washington, D.C. outdoor restaurant. She's just sitting there. By the way, she says that she's repeatedly marched with Black Lives Matter. She just was not going to be bullied into doing anything by a mob. So good for her. So we get malice shaming mobs. This is really exciting stuff. So now, the, now the, the, the law's on the side of the mob. a lot of empathy for business owners who for no reason at all have their businesses completely burned to the ground by rioters and looters sporting the Black Lives Matter slogan. This morning I get up, come down here, and I, I, what I see I was not prepared for. I knew it was going to be a disaster, but I didn't know what a disaster looked like until I saw it. And you, and you, I can hear the, the emotion in, in just in what you're saying. I mean, what is, what is the family feeling right now? It's tough. Um, you know, this is a business that, that my parents started 40 years ago, small, out of their garage. It was a, it was a small business. Uh, did it just to make a few extra dollars, and eventually it grew. Um, 31 years ago, they bought this building, and so we've been here ever since. Um, they, they're very upset about it. It's emotionally hurtful. Uh, what, we didn't do anything to anybody. You know, why did we deserve it?
All right, so that guy, that one MPD officer, got hit by something in the leg. I don't, I don't know what it was. Do you know? Do you know what it was? It was a large piece of concrete. Yeah. So, guys, crazy stuff. That's a chaotic scene. That's a very chaotic scene. And so, how would you guys feel if you were the front line officer standing there, having to dodge concrete and bottles of like? whatever they're they're they were throwing i mean some, sometimes they're like frozen bottles of stuff i mean guys it's just crazy and um and this is the crazy part too george and i i don't know if this got passed through with milwaukee yet with uh through the uh through their alderman whatever they do that the, the council uh but they were looking at trying to take away your tear gas and the other things that you guys can actually use to stop it, to get the people out of the, out of the area to stop what they're doing. Because beyond that, really, what do you have? There's really nothing you can do. I mean, you just let them kind of do whatever they want. It's, that's crazy. It's totally crazy. It is, it's very unfortunate. And again, you know, there's the lack of understanding or lack, I'll say lack of knowledge of what yeah. procedures are. Yeah. what is in place before yeah. Milwaukee Police Department can deploy these things. There's a strict set of guidelines that they must follow uh, yeah. before that can be, be deployed. So yes. again, that's what frustrates so many of our officers is uh, the lack of knowledge and then being held accountable for things that really there are things set in place for these. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and then you look at even the, the whole defunding. Um, mm. Just, you know, I think Milwaukee right now is about to lose. No, I think they got the 30 officers for the grant. But I think uh, Mayor Barrett said that it's going to at least 100 officers less, isn't it? Or, or is it going to be more? I can't remember. Well, I, I've heard all kinds of numbers floating around. And, I, you know, you hear all different reasons why. I, I It depends on what news uh, station you're listening to, I guess, you know. Yeah. yeah. But guys, I'm telling you, it, 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 it equates to calling 911 and not getting somebody to come to you. Literally, that's what it's going to mean. Um, it's going yeah. to mean the proactiveness of what law enforcement does to stop crimes before they happen or to get them as they're doing it. That's all. That that stuff's going to start to stop. And um, and the criminals are going to know it. They already do know it. They already do know it. So how do we, how do we get this to be changed? And I, I'm going to put this out there for you guys. Within the next week, whenever you see an officer, you need to go up to them and thank them for the job they're doing. Ask them their name. Shake their hand. Let them know that you do support them. Mm -hmm. Guys, I'm telling you, you, you got to do this. Um, and the other thing is you have a voice. If you're living in a city of Milwaukee, if you disagree with them defunding the police and disagree with the, the things that they need as tools that the officers need to do their jobs, if you disagree with some of the things that are happening, you have a voice and you need to let your aldermen and the people know that you disagree. 
we can't be quiet any longer. We can't be quiet any longer. And the reason is, guys, is what I read before. It's Ephesians. It's a spiritual warfare. And God is going to use us. He's going to give us the visions and plans. And he's going to use us to usher these things in. We need to get that voice out. Because right now, we're getting drowned down by people that are trying to defund the police and, and, and take away those things. Would you agree, George? You know, you're spot on, Rich. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh, when our officers hear, thank you for your service, uh, thanks for what you do, it goes a long way for them. Yeah. Uh, number two, uh, prayer for our officers is huge right now, yeah. and now more than ever, and not just yeah. for the spiritual attacks, but for the physical attacks that they're under. Yeah. And many citizens have said to me, what can we do? You know, I'm, I'm afraid to start a pro-police rally. I'm afraid to speak out. And I understand that. We all understand that. Yeah. But the one thing I tell them you can do from the privacy of your home uh, is to call your elected officials and say, we need police. We need to support the police. And, and that's something that our politicians uh, need to hear if, if yeah. that's what the citizens want. Because, you know, uh, citizens rule. We, we are a government uh, of the people and by the people for the people. Yeah. And this is their opportunity to voice whatever they want yeah. uh, to their elected officials. Yeah. You know, and I think, uh, I think what, what people like, I, I really believe that, that, you know, yes, we have a, we have a presidential election that's going to be happening in 12 days, but guys really where things start to really, where the rubber hits the road is our elected officials right here, our aldermen, <laughs> you know, our super, our county supervisors, those positions are so important because they affect us directly, guys, directly. So you need to know who you're voting for, where they stand on things. And I'm telling you, I can, I can tell you right now that if I went in the inner city of Milwaukee and I knocked on doors, everyone that I probably knocked on a door, if it isn't a drug house, they're probably going to say they want police. <laughs> I would, I would guarantee you, they're going to say they do not want to defund the police. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. There's no question. And I think there's been many studies or, or what I say polls that have been done. I think the, uh, the majority of vast high majority of people yeah. in, in the uh, uh, highest crime areas want the police there. They do not want the police not to be there. There's yeah. no question about that. Yeah. So I, you probably been asked this a lot. So Besides prayer and actually like telling officers that that they support that 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 we support them, is there anything like like as a group that that you guys are doing? Um, I know like um, when you were the district two um, chaplain that you ended up doing like that that barbecue for all the shifts and stuff. Right. You guys got anything like that that maybe they could people could get plugged into to actually help and and support. Yeah, I think, you know, any of the faith-based groups uh, contact the district, ask them, you know, we're very, all the departments right now are throughout the country, and Milwaukee's no different, are very sensitive about who we let in the buildings because of COVID, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we're also very careful about, you know, food that's coming in into yeah. the building. Uh, but, you know, if it's coming from uh, a bakery, et cetera, you know, if they could organize something like that to, to bring treats in. Oftentimes, um, some groups have brought in granola bars, you know, prepackaged things that are, you know, hermetically sealed, whatever you want to call it, yep. factory direct, whatever the right word is. Yep. Uh, those type of things go a long, long way for our officers. And just a little thank you means a lot. It really yep. does mean a lot. Yeah. Um, I would suggest, too, getting in touch with uh, Salvation Army and the chaplaincy. Yes. Uh, that would yes. be a good connection to get in. 
And I'm telling you, they're probably looking for more volunteers and they would need help like that. I mean, uh, for a while, I think they were doing like barbecues for each of the districts Mm -hmm. and that was going on for, for a while. Um, tell me now when you remember, we talked about this, uh, a couple days ago when we're doing the background stuff, um, tell my audience about that first one that you did at district two and how amazed you were of putting that prayer box there and just, just Mm. talk about that. Sure. Yeah. Um, one of the first things we tried to do was a a barbecue for all the shifts and, you know, oftentimes they might do one for the day shift people, but we made a concerted effort to make sure we went in there and we grilled brats uh, and all the stuff that goes along with that for all the shifts, including the midnight shift. Uh, And this is a way to say thank you. And uh, it was fully funded by our faith support groups in that district, uh, very well received by the officers. And God had put it on my heart to put out a a prayer box, uh, you know, like a suggestion box, obviously, but this was for specific prayers. And Put it out there and I say, well, we'll see what goes in there. And it took a little while, but all of a sudden they, they started flowing in there. And uh, of course, everything anonymous. Yeah. They wanted to put their name on there. That was great. But uh, very, very personal things that people needed prayer for. And it was uh, very rewarding to be able to uh, assist our officers with that and our civilian employees as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I just think it's needed. It is so needed. Um, I think officers can get really isolated. Um, uh-huh. and, um, and of course the mental health stuff that officers go through really, who can they talk to? I mean, seriously, I mean, I right. mean, if you, if you go to mental health, you're probably not going to be having your job. I mean, there's, so there's this thing that's out there that, you know, you can't have any kind of mental health issues if you're an officer. Well, that's not true because we're human <laughs> and we do have mental well, health yeah. stuff go on. And, and, I'm sorry. You know, unfortunately, we've made such great strides throughout the country, but really I'm so proud of what Milwaukee Police Department has done by bringing in our psychological services. We have uh, two people who do a fantastic job. One is the daughter of a 32-year MPD officer, uh, and our other psychologist is married to an officer from another jurisdiction. So they understand the culture very, very well. And early on when they first came in, People would be a little hesitant to meet them and they would say, oh, meet me at Starbucks or they had a private office that they would go to. Well, they've gotten rid of their private office now and their offices are at the safety academy and and our officers go there and they're in the hallway waiting and they're like, so what are you doing here? Oh, I'm waiting to see uh, psych services and no one's afraid of it. No one's ashamed of it anymore. We make great strides with that. And a lot of that is because of the, the work that our psychologists have done, you know, Officers are very skeptical, very uh, conscious of uh, who they're going to trust. And right. these two psychologists have done a tremendous job of gaining the trust of their officers. And, you know, police officers, they're going to go where things get done. And right. word of mouth travels very, very fast. Right. So they have great buy-in from our officers right now uh, yeah. to, to get the help that they need. So you do two different things. You do something called faith support and study group, and it's every Thursday, nine and seven p.m. And that's why I have a I have a hard stop with you because you got to be out of here. Yeah. Because um, it's tonight, and then you also do something called the Blue Line Chapel. So let me just put this up here real quick. So George, talk about the Blue Line Chapel. What is that? And um, sure, what happens. Yeah, Blue Line Chapel was something that. Um, I had heard of something called cop church uh, in some other states. And 
I floated that name at my wife and she gave me one of those looks that only a wife can give you like, no, that's not a good name. <laughs> so came up with blue, <laughs> came up with blue line chapel. And a lot of it stemmed from during the first, right after Memorial day, when all the protests and riots were occurring here in the city, um, as I said earlier, our, our major incident response team was deployed many, many long hours, 14 days in a row. And we offered a, a couple chapel services for them. So it was based upon that idea. It was a need. And, you know, that's really what law enforcement chaplaincy does now. We follow the military model of chaplaincy of being embedded with the troops. And that yeah. means being right there at the front line with them. And that's that's where you have to meet them. Yeah. So uh, with all the different sermons that were given from various pulpits uh, about systemic police brutality, et cetera, uh, officers and their families were kind of turned off. You know, they, people want to go to church to have their faith talked about. They didn't want political statements. Yep. So we came up with Blue Line Chapel. And for the, uh, the first and third Thursdays uh, of the month, we have a gathering. It's a small little worship service. And we have a little meal at 6 o'clock. Awesome. Uh, 6.30, we have a couple of worship songs, just like you would at any uh, yep. church gathering. Yep. Uh, and then I give a message uh, of faith support, uh, especially specifically to law enforcement concerns uh, for the families and the officers to come in a, in a safe environment. When I say safe, I mean politically safe. You know, yes. They're not going to have to look through yep. things that may distract them from their faith. Yep. And the other thing is the faith support uh, study group. Huh? That's every Thursday. Every Thursday, yeah. Uh, and that is kind of like a, on the order of a Bible study. Uh, but we are sensitive to the fact that, you know, you don't have to be Christian to come to this. But I am not, you know, going to deny that we, we follow the Bible and we follow Christian principles. And uh, again, it's a chance for our officers to come together. And what makes this unique from a lot of other Bible studies is, number one, we concentrate on law enforcement issues. Right. And number two, every week is a standalone topic because yep. with our officer schedules, you know, five days on, two days off, four days on. Some are working seven days in a row before they get some off days. Uh, and it's a just jointed schedule. Right. That's the other advantage to Blue Line Chapel. Officers can't wake up every Sunday morning and say, I'm going to church. It just right. doesn't work that way. Yep. Uh, so being sensitive to that, every week is a different topic, a standalone topic. Uh, so if an officer misses three, four, or he has never come, yeah. you don't have to worry about what book am I in, what page are we on, et cetera. So it's a little unique in that respect, being sensitive to their needs. Yeah. Um, let's look at some pictures. I know you, you sent me some pictures, so um, I don't know if you can see these. But So guys, I, what, what I want you to look at is look at the line here on the bottom. Those, those are cops, right? And that is Milwaukee, yes. isn't it? Yeah. So, that is right. Yeah, this is taken from the uh, sixth floor of the police administration building. And those are uh, obviously a, a group of protesters that were there. And if anything defines what the thin blue line is, I think this picture does it. It totally does. See what uh how many of our guys were there uh, off men and women of the yep. department and compared yep. to amount of protesters that were there yeah um i will say this this was fortunately a, a peaceful protest yeah. there was much for that yeah. yelling and chanting etc yeah. which is fine yeah but this one never became violent fortunately yeah. but you know it illustrates just how thin the line can be for a protest that may turn violent but yeah. again, I want to stress oh. this was a this was a peaceful protest. Yeah, and I'm telling you right now, guys, um, the officers would not have probably been able to hold them back, and that's why the tear gas no. 
other things come into play because they're typically it is like this. <laughs> this is how this is what it looks like um, on a top uh -huh. left hand corner. Um, is this like just before you guys are going out and you guys are praying? Yes, exactly right, Rich. This awesome. was uh, our uh, major incident response team uh, before we were being deployed out to go to the various districts. Um, we had an opportunity to, to pray as, as a group. And then down below is one of those, those chapel services that I was able to hold uh, for our officers as well. Awesome. All right, let me get to the second round of picks here. Um, I like this one of you on the bottom there. It's <laughs> a good pick of you. Yeah, that's, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I, I am so proud of. That officer there, we were just doing a, a ride along. And, you know, you asked me yeah. what a typical day looks like. That is one of the things I like to do is get in the car, ride along with our officers yeah. so that they get to know who I am. And then when they're in crisis, you know, if they need that help, they have someone that they know on the other end of that business card, someone on the other end of the phone that they can call. And that's why we call it a ministry of presence. Again, copying the military model where you're out there and you get to know these guys. Yeah. So we were doing a ride along and officer just pulled over and he says, hey, I want to grab a picture with you. I said, that's great. So we took that picture. Uh, and a week later, he called me up and said, uh, would you officiate uh, at my wedding? So those are the neat, neat things that I get to do. Uh, and I've officiated numerous weddings for officers and uh, actually baptized some of our officers' kids as well. So it's just been a real joy to be able to do those type of things. Yeah, it's a huge honor. Very, very huge honor. Um, so, oops, let me go back to you, George. I went into myself here. There we go. Woo! Can't, the clicking. There's too many scenes. <laughs> All right. So if people want to, like someone is a retired officer, and um, I don't know if you're like actively having people like, like, wanting to, to help to maybe do chaplaincy stuff with you guys, but um, can they reach out to you if, if that would be? Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, by all means, they can reach out to me. Uh, we are look, I, my, my ultimate goal is to have a chaplain assigned to each one of our districts. Uh, right now, I has, like I said, I have two on board already that are taking care of two of our districts. I have a third one in training. Okay. Uh, and um, to say we're being rather selective in this process, I would say the ultimate uh the ultimate selection is coming from God. I'm saying, God, you know, tell me who to bring into this. And, yep. and he's been that. Yep. Um, we can get them trained up through the International Conference of Police Chaplains, which offers a wonderful training program. They do. Yep. Uh, and then I also encourage officers to go through the chaplaincy program. Uh, it's a three-year program at Elmbrook Church, uh, which is really designed for, uh, for lay chaplaincy, but it gives them such a great foundation for grief counseling, et cetera. So we couple that along with the International Conference of Police Chaplains uh, training, which really zeroes in on law enforcement chaplaincy. Yeah. And between those two, um, we can get an officer uh, to become ordained through Elmbrook. Uh, and again, that ordination is not to go pastor a church somewhere, but it is so important to have clergy privilege. Uh, that ordination allows an officer to come to you just as he would to his lawyer. Yep. There's a one-on-one -on -one conversation. Yep. That's not going anywhere. Yep. And that gives the officer a great comfort level to know that they can spill their guts, so to speak, and yeah. not worry that the department or someone else is going to be asking about it. Nothing can be subpoenaed. Uh, and that's just the importance of getting that ordination. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I went through the International Fellowship Chaplains when I left my job as a cop and went into full-time ministry. That was a that was the first thing I did. Um, yeah. And yeah, 
No, so excellent. No, I totally like their program too. Um, very, very good. And I think it's like a week long or something like that, if, if I can't remember. Yeah, it is. It's 12 yeah. courses. I, I think that we can get it over three days. And fortunately, um, right now we're able to offer it here in Wisconsin uh, at least twice a year uh, at no charge uh, for, for chaplains who are interested. So we've had a lot of chaplains who've been doing That's law enforcement chaplaincy for a long time, yeah. but not doing it the new way. Right. You know, the... You know, the old model was maybe a pastor, maybe he's retired, he'd show up on a Saturday morning roll call with donuts and coffee and ha-ha-ho-ho and, and right. off they go. But we really are stressing that ministry of presence now and being embedded with the guys. Yeah, no, I would totally agree. Yeah, I think it's totally, totally there. So guys, one of the other things I just thought about too, of one of the things that, that you could do is there are a lot of positive things that officers are doing every day across the United mm. States. I mean, I don't know how many like, contacts officers have but it's hundreds of thousands of contacts with the public every day and there's positive contacts in all of those hundred thousands and so if you see something you hear something man put that on your facebook and share it and let people see it and know it um it, it it's like it, god really wants that positiveness out there okay because there are officers that are doing amazing amazing things for people above and beyond what they normally would have to do as a cop. I mean, yep. above and beyond. I mean, I, I, I was doing it when I was a cop and I know that officers right now are doing it in the city of Milwaukee. Um, man, even when we were doing the adopt a neighborhood program, guys, there's a uh, district four, uh, two, two, two officers. They would come out on their own time and do this adopt a neighborhood program because we're doing it in their district. That's the kind of stuff guys. They care mm -hmm. about the community. They care about what's going on with where you live right. happening. Um, yeah, so do that. That that's another thing. So, and then you know what? And if you do like, hey, you stop an officer and you say hi, and you got his name or her name, and take a picture with them if they let you, and then put that in right, there, right? saying yeah. hey, I just met this person, awesome guy, whatever. I mean, that kind of stuff, guys. Don't we, never be afraid to approach an officer. And right now, they're putting that thought into even our kids right now to be afraid of an oh. officer and. And I understand a lot of citizens might be a little hesitant, like, oh, I, I, what do I say? You know, and people wonder, what is a police officer like? We're all just normal people. <laughs> and, and I heard a quote from uh, Raymond Chandler. And I just heard this the other day. I'd never heard it before. I'd like to share it with everyone so they can understand the heart of an officer. Uh, if that's okay with you, Rich. Yep, go. Down these mean streets, a man must go who is not himself mean, who is neither tarnished nor afraid. He is the hero. He is everything. He must be a complete man and a common man and yet an unusual man. He must be, to use a rather weathered phrase, a man of honor by instinct, by inevitability, without thought of it, and certainly without saying it. He must be the best man in this world and a good enough man for any world. And I just think that really speaks to the heart of our officers. It just average guys are dedicated who have taken, and you know this, this job is a calling. And yeah, uh, they go out there, for instance, to help people. And that's being lost right now in all the narratives that are going on. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to write the narrative the correct way, guys. And really what's happening, mm -hmm. not not what the upside down thing is and the negativity and what the devil's really trying to do. Right. They're out there doing some amazing things and we need to support them. So. Georgia, I know it's six o'clock and I told you I'd get you yep. out at hard stop at six. So I just thank you for coming on the show. And Absolutely. 
Don't everybody leave because I got a couple more things I'm going to talk about once uh, George leaves. But um, thank you again. And uh, it's an honor. Thank you, Rich. Show. And again, dude, I really, if you, I would love to get involved. So maybe we can kind of talk okay. afterwards or something, but would love to. So I'll be good. All right. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone. Yep. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So in the comment section, I put George's information. Um, I put the... Um, the Faith Support and Study Group. I also put the Blue Line Chapel. Now, these are for Milwaukee officers, but one of the things that George and I talked about is, you know, if you're an officer from a different place, I mean, I, he's not going to like turn you away. So just reach out to him. And if you're looking at maybe doing some kind of chaplaincy thing and you're a retired cop or you're uh, retired um, or in the military, I mean, I, just give him a call and see what, see, see what you can do. But guys, I just, we need to flood the Facebook with positive things of what cops are doing because they are doing some amazing, awesome stuff. And just share that stuff, guys. I'm telling you. All right, so the election is coming up in 12 days. 12 days, guys. And it is a spiritual warfare that's happening right now. Guys, 12 days. Tonight is the debate at 7 o'clock. I suggest y'all watch it. Um, I'm going to be recording it and then I'll watch it later because my church faith builders has our Bible study at seven o'clock. So, and I'm going to be watching that, but I will go back and I'll watch the, watch the debate guys. There's so much going on right now with, uh, with Biden and his son and things are coming out daily. And, um, and we need to take, take that into our discernment, right? So man, telling you guys, so let's watch this video and then I'll close out once once we're done. Blamed. Now, of course, we already know that Biden is too weak to stop the riots. He's too weak to resist the radicals in his own party. But there are other key points that must be said and said again. Now, here's some of the points beyond debate. Number one, President Trump has delivered peace and prosperity. Remember when they said he was going to blow up the world? Now he's being nominated for Nobel Peace Prizes. Number two, a vote for Biden is a vote to immediately lock down the country. That's what the doctors will tell them. Number three, a vote for Biden is a vote to strengthen China's hand. Bye-bye tariffs. And number four, if Democrats end up controlling all levers of government, Americans will be poorer and less free. Now, even during this pandemic, Trump is still delivering, and I mean big time, all 11 major S&P indexes soared today on the news that private sector hiring is up and home sales, this is unbelievable, are at record levels. The Chicago PMI jumped to 62.4, the highest level since December 2018. Now, think about what would have happened had we done what Biden's team wanted. Well, would be locking down again like so many European countries and our economy would be maybe where Spain's and Italy's economies are, in the toilet. As for Biden's idiotic comment that only the rich get richer in Trump's economy, well, check this out from the latest Federal Reserve report. Families at the top of the income and wealth distributions experienced very little, if any, growth in net worth between 2016 and 2019, while families near the bottom of the income and wealth distributions generally continued to experience substantial gains. And there's more. Net worth increased 32.5% among the lowest income quintile 
and 30.7% among the second lowest. Net worth also increased among blacks, 32.1%, wow, and Hispanics, 63.6% compared to whites, 4%. I mean, that is a billboard, my friends. So think about this. Listen to what all those people you just saw, the talking heads on the media. The wealth gap shrank dramatically under Trump's policies after widening in the Obama-Biden years. And, and, and something that, this is, I've said this so many times, I'm getting bored of my own words on this. And I don't understand this for the life of me. I don't understand why Trump doesn't lead every speech on the economy with this fact. Americans made more money during his first three years in office. Median income was up $6,000 per family. Now, this is real money to real people. In fact, it's more than double the income gains that Americans saw in the 16 years under Bush and Obama. Remember, Obama only got us back to the 2,000 levels of Bush. So if, if Biden wins, you wouldn't just be voting to make yourself poorer. You'd be voting for less freedom. And the president needs to spell this out. If you want to see your daughter go to her prom next year, if you want to have your kids in school full time, if you want to go to church regularly, maybe even sing at church, if you want to actually celebrate your, uh, your faith traditions, your holidays, Easter Sunday, maybe with your friends and family, maybe travel somewhere, if you want to get back to your life, your old life, then voting for Biden is out of the question. His national strategy, we always hear about the national strategy. First of all, he copies most of what Trump already said. But the national strategy that he doesn't want to talk about is one of control, confinement, and decline, masquerading as, I'm going to be listening to the doctors. Guys, one thing I can tell you about Trump, too, is that everything that he said he was going to do, he did. Literally. And how, how long have we waited for a politician to actually do that? And I think it's because he's really not a politician, guys. I mean, he really isn't. Um, everything that he said he was going to do, he did. And then got hit with the, the, this virus. Just crazy. And everything started tanking because of the virus. I mean, when you shut the economy down, that's the stuff that's going to happen. But it's coming back up. It's coming back up. And, you know, and the other thing, too, guys, is to think about the fear that is going around right now in the United States. Fear about all over. And I don't have it, but other people do like big time fear. And that's what's being perpetuated right now. Guys, I'm telling you. And when I tell you that there's a, a war, a spiritual war that's going on, that's not for you guys to be afraid of the things that are happening. I want you to get bold and start declaring things the way God is telling you to declare them to stop the things that are happening. So we pray about it, we declare it, and then we get off our butts and we go do something about it. And one of the things that you can do about it is to have this discernment of who you're going to be voting for. Guys, it is so important. It is so important. All right, let's watch this last clip. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, 
It's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. Guys, it starts with that intimate relationship with him. We get, you get filled up, literally you get filled up every morning with Holy Spirit. He's going to give you, when you're quiet, in that quiet time with him, he's going to give you the visions and plans of things that he wants you to do so we can change the things that are happening in our cities. It's up to us to make these changes, guys. It is up to us to spend that intimate time with him Ask what he wants. Ask, say, Holy Spirit, what should I be doing? Give me those things that I should be doing. And then you get filled up with him and then you ooze him out wherever you go and you're going to be changing atmospheres and people. Atmospheres and people. Keep on praying for our law enforcement, guys. Keep on praying. Do those stuff that I was telling you. Flood Facebook with just positive things about, about our cops. Go up to them and thank them for what they're doing. Let them know that you support them and that you're praying for them. Get involved. Get involved with your local district, your local police department. Go to do the Citizen Academy when, when they come back up. Get involved and be active within that. The officers are human, guys, and they have names. They got families, just like, just like we do. So get involved. Get involved and then keep on praying. Guys, I'm telling you, we can turn this around, guys. I'm telling you, God has a plan, just like the devil, but God's going to win. I can guarantee it. He is going to win, but it takes us to do it. It takes us to do it. All right, guys. Man, thank you for watching. Make sure you share this. Remember, surrender off and be a blessing to someone. Let your glory and Rest in